0: Betches Media presents
1: Ha ha, laugh, funny
0: Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast
1: We don't say that, but now we said it
0: With me, Dylan Hafer we'll go check, me, Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer and I am feeling fresh as a daisy It is Monday, it is the, the last week before the the weird in-between week with the holidays We've got some exciting stuff coming up And today, more than anything, I am so excited to chat about the first three episodes of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, Rony Legacy. It's a mouthful. I can't figure out how I'm supposed to abbreviate it online because like I... I sort of refuse to do the like R H U G T colon R H O N Y legacy. It's just too much. But if I only call it Ultimate Girls Trip, it feels like it's it feels like it's too, too simple. But then if I only say Roni Legacy, it's like I, we're still on the girls trip. They've really painted us into a corner here. But I have to say, these first three episodes, I I have very few complaints. We'll get into it more. We have some other stuff to talk about first. I just am freshly sitting down to record this after watching Z-Way's interview with George Santos. And if you if you are into drama and messiness, definitely you should go watch it. It's on YouTube now. But I just have to mention there is one specific moment where Z-Way asks George Santos about other members of Congress that are committing fraud and he said oh yeah all of them and z-way goes into a perfect Sutton inspired 'em performance because George Santos does not want to name him. and you know z-way just wants him to name them I posted it on Bravo by batches so if you if you aren't going to watch the full thing you can at least go see that clip it just killed me. It's it's a really wild 20-ish minute watch. Um but that that I would highly recommend. And I also last night was the season finale of The Gilded Age. And I I can't remember if I've ever talked about The Gilded Age on this podcast before. Of course, it's not a Bravo show, not even a reality show. It's set in the 1800s, but it it has this like Housewives flair to it. It really is Real Housewives of New York in the 1880s and if you're just if you're looking for something to watch this uh this holiday season that just will kind of scratch that itch i'd recommend checking out the gilded age it's an hbo show it's streaming on max but unfortunately i i do have to share some news that has to do with kim zolciak (laughs) bierman i feel like i cannot get out of this loop of talking about kim and croy Because unfortunately, there's always new stuff happening. There was another um, like, body cam, dash cam footage of Croy alleging that she's been fucking other men. And it's just uh, another explosive fight. It's so icky. But it's bad. But then on top of it, Kim is selling her stuff again. So she made a new Instagram account over the weekend. That's just for the purpose of listing stuff. You know how you'll have a friend every once in a while who's like, Oh, I'm doing a closet sale. Uh, You know, follow this account or like I'm posting on my stories. And it's like, Oh, like anthropology top, lightly worn, size small, runs true to size. You know, bought it for $75. Now it's $20. When Kim does this, and this is not the first time she does this, I don't think she understands the concept of selling pre-owned pre-worn pre-used items at a price that is commensurate to the fact that it's not new because she is selling let me just let me just go through she is selling numerous wigs i I'm, i'm talking four or five different wigs that are $2,750 Twenty seven fifty each, like two thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. And I'm not a I'm not a wig expert. I don't know the ins and outs of what makes a wig valuable. I'm sure that Kim has uh, had lots of nice wigs, but baby, it's used. And I don't know I don't know where it's been. I don't know if it's. I don't think you can like dry clean a wig so that's a lot. She's also, she's selling a six piece Louis Vuitton men's luggage set that she said Croy only carried once to go to one of his football games. It's like a, it's the um, Louis Vuitton like checkered print and it's a suitcase. It's a garment bag. It's a duffel. And she's saying that he only carried it once and she's selling it for $12,500 for the set. She says it retails, Over $15,500. Excellent condition. It's like, I just don't understand who is the audience for this? Like selling a pair of Louboutins or selling, you know, some fancy, some Versace heels that you wore a couple times for like 500 bucks when they retail for a thousand. Sure, I I guess. Who on Instagram is buying Croy Bierman's $12,000 luggage set. Not to mention, she's saying he he brought it to one of the games. The last time Croy played in the NFL was 2015. So that's been sitting in their house collecting dust for at least eight, eight years. First of all, it's probably out of style by now. Second of all, you're just selling all your old shit. And then also, I'm really curious about their kind of dynamic with money and within the house, because why is Kim the one selling Croy's old luggage? Like at this, the account is at Kim Z B Closet. If you if you want to take a look for yourself, but all of the she's saying that you can pay for all of this stuff via Zell. You're like sending the money directly to her, and I'm like, doesn't Croy want the twelve thousand dollars for himself? are they pooling this money somewhere? Because it doesn't seem like they're on good enough terms to be pooling the money, but maybe all this money is just going straight to the attorneys or the debt collectors or I don't, (laughs) I just don't know. I don't know. There's this really, really ugly pair of never worn Louboutins. $650. They're like a, a peep toe white, mesh on the foot but then around the ankles they have this like rafia looking sort of tassel type of thing but then maybe feathers sticking straight up out of the ankle I I, I don't know all of this also <laughs> these shoes are also being photographed on zebra print carpet which I have to imagine is just everywhere in Kim and Croix's house but like god damn. <laughs> Oh god. There's a really ugly um Gucci like mini duffel that looks like it it looks like it's probably from 2006, 2008 just judging by the style because it's it's very like 2000s Juicy Couture. Um you can tell the suede is like kind of dirty and like marked up. But that's 2150. Of course, that's two thousand one hundred fifty. Uh, you know, if you're if you're in the if you're in the market for some last minute uh, holiday gifts, maybe maybe Kim's ZB Closet is where you can score some deals. I I would not bet on the shipping uh, making it there in time for Christmas, but but hey, you could support a good cause, aka um, Kim's Debt
1: Relief Fund. Love.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love.
0: Every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I Do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z O L com. Another thing I wanted to comment on is over the weekend, one of my favorite things happened in the Bravo sphere, and that is that Dr. Tiffany Moon, alumnus of The Real Housewives of Dallas, Chimed in, whenever there's like a, a medical topic happening somewhere in the Bravoverse, sooner or later you can usually count on Tiffany to hop on TikTok and to assess what has happened. And so Tiffany reacted to Anna Marie and Sutton's issue from last week's episode about <laughs> about Sutton's esophagus. Every time I, I have said esophagus more times in the last week than I probably ever before in my life. I don't know. I took an anatomy class senior year of high school. So maybe maybe then I was I was um throat deep in esophagus talk, but really just did not expect esophagus esoph- esoph- esophagi, esoph- I, I don't know about that. But so Tiffany said she's had time to watch the episode, so she's going to make a comment and she so she specifically talked about strictures in the esophagus, which is what Anna Marie is talking about and sort of disputed some of the things she was saying, said that she deals with like thoracic anesthesiology. So this is something she's worked on a lot. And there's a really kind of simple surgical procedure that they do sometimes to fix these things. I don't know. Go watch Tiffany's video if you want the actual, you know, like medical info about what's going on. But what was more interesting is that Tiffany sort of generally said that she was disturbed by the way that it seemed like Anna Marie was weaponizing her medical profession sort of in a personal way to get at Sutton. And I think that is why like in last week's episode when I talked about it, I feel like I hadn't really, I don't know if I was able to articulate sort of Why it rubbed me the wrong way because I don't have that medical background. So, you know, when I'm watching it, there is that inkling of like, oh, like maybe what she's saying is true. I don't know. But hearing somebody who is a a doctor and who has relevant experience in that field basically say that, hey, like the medical stuff, I'm not sure if everything she's saying is exactly right, but it's kind of neither here nor there because the bigger issue really is the way that that conversation is being had and the publicness of the conversation, because it never felt like Anna Marie was bringing it up out of genuine concern or genuine like intent to make sure that Sutton was getting the proper care. These women don't have a background together. They don't, you know, so I thought that was interesting. It's it's always interesting to me to get sort of like the expert perspective from outside the group, and I think Tiffany does such a good job at that. And I really, oh God, I miss Tiffany on our screens. I know we only got that one season, but it felt like she had so much potential. And you know, Real Housewives of Dallas was kind of a cursed proposition by that point. And you know, certainly after that season, it was tough to see how it could move forward you know, in that current form. But I am still just I feel like there is unfinished business there. And I don't know if or how or when it's going to come back, but I do just feel like I don't know, Tiffany, I've DeAndra, Carrie Duber. God. I'm gonna be doing next week I'm gonna be doing an episode with some twenty twenty four sort of predictions wish list items in the bravo sphere and real housewives of dallas it's it's always kicking around in my brain so i don't i don't know what's i don't know if anything's happening there but i, I kind of wish it would but speaking of uh of shows from the past that are or aren't coming back in in different formats let's talk about real housewives ultimate girls trip roni legacy season 4 we guys we made it we're back we're back in the, the Dunes villa in Saint Bart. I really had middling expectations for this season of Girls Trip. I think because there was so much back and forth about Rony legacy as a as a concept and you know it was supposed to happen Prior to this, kind of as a normal show with them living their lives and following this separate group of women, like we were going to have two sets of New York Housewives, basically, and you know that fell through. And then it was like, oh, I guess we can do it as a girls' trip, and you know Jill's not going to be there because there were contract issues, and it it felt like there was sort of this pall over Roni Legacy as a thing. And I maybe this is in my head. I know there were people that would say I was always excited for it. I always thought it was going to be great but i think i just wasn't really allowing myself to be that excited for it because frankly it's 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 not a foregone conclusion that a show like this is going to be good there's always going to be some element of oh it's fun to see them back together or oh like i've i've missed this there's obviously a nostalgia factor more than any of the girls trips so far with this one because all they're talking about is past things that have happened on Roni. They all were, I mean, obviously not all of them were there for all of the same experiences, but they have shared connections. You know, when, when Bethany gets brought up at dinner, that's a live wire for, for everyone in the group. When, um when they're talking about fired versus on pause versus, you know, who talks to who and who watches the show, all of those things feel, really really kind of energized within the group because they have this shared experience. And I think if you look back to something like uh, Girls Trip 2 that was at Dorinda's house, all of those women had sort of their own unique baggage in a way with housewives. And it was really interesting to see them... Come together and kind of learn about each other's experiences and work through some of that. But with this one, there is an aspect of really just diving right in. And, you know, right off the bat, the stuff with Kristen and Ramona and Ramona publicly saying that she doesn't remember her, all of that was fascinating. Going to find the rooms, the fact that. Ramona's acting like it's no big deal that she gets last choice of the rooms. And it's like, babe, we know. We have seen we have seen this movie before. All of that stuff, it it feels like we are we're like we're like skipping the the intro in a way that I think really helps, especially for a show like this that you know is only gonna be, I don't know, seven, six, seven, eight episodes max, to have that kind of pick up where we left off energy, where we know exactly what we're going to get from Dorinda. We know exactly what we're going to get from Ramona, from Sonia, from Luann. Really, Kelly and Kristen this season are the two wild cards in a way. And that's that's been interesting to watch over these first few episodes, because I think when this cast was announced, there was kind of that feeling of, okay, so obviously it's going to be Sonia, Luann, Ramona, Dorinda now we need to fill out the rest of the cast. Uh, okay. Cal- Kelly, she was on Scary Island. She was not an OG, but kind of around in those early days. Cool. Kooky Kelly, let's let's check in with her. Kristen then was really the, the kind of random addition that it seemed like, okay, they need a sixth person. Who's it going to be? Uh, Tinsley probably doesn't really want to. Uh, Leah and Ebony, those waters are tainted. They're not, they're not, I don't think they're trying to work with Bravo anytime soon. Carol, same but different. Bethany, again, no. Who are you going to bring back? Jill was, you know, kind of mired in that contract issue from the first time around, so she was sort of off the table. Alex McCord was on the Morocco girls trip, which, you know, TBD were getting different sources and reports every day about whether or not that show is ever going to air. I don't know the answer. I've talked to people who would know the answer and they don't know the answer. So, But Alex, you know, she's doing something else. Okay, you've got your, your one season girlies. Cindy? No. Jules? Might be interesting, but no. It really is... A question of, is it going to be Heather Thompson, Kristen Takeman, Aviva? To me, those are kind of the three people you could have slotted into Kristen's seat. I don't know if Heather or Aviva were ever in talks or contacted or asked about this season. I would be interested to find out. I think you know Heather, they kind of tried to bring back into the fold in the f- the final season of original Roni, and it it backfired. I would say not necessarily her fault, but I think maybe it wasn't. It didn't feel like the right time to try again. Aviva, I would have been interested to see on this trip. She was in Saint Bart's the first time they were there. I don't know if she would have gone back. Aviva's so removed from the whole kind of like Bravo machine at this point. And with Kristen, I am so pleasantly surprised because Kristen is somebody who, I don't think she was bad on Housewives, but she just didn't leave that much of an impact. And because she, her last season was season seven, which was such a major season of the show because it was Bethany coming back. It was Dorinda joining the show. It was it felt like season seven was kind of the beginning of the modern era of Roni in a way that, you know, those first four seasons were kind of like 1.0 and then season five and six, they kind of tried to retool, you know, they brought in Carol, Heather, Aviva, and then Kristen, but they didn't have Bethany. They didn't have Dorinda yet. Jill was gone. Kelly was gone. It was kind of, You know, a little bit of a rebuilding phase, and then season seven was when it really kind of locked back in. And Kristen, of course, was there in season seven, but then she left, and I think it kind of felt like Roni moved on to a new renaissance in the couple seasons after Kristen left. So her her impact wasn't necessarily really felt because you had these amazing seasons. I mean, season eight, nine, ten are some of the best. So. I think Kristen, she doesn't necessarily loom large in the memory, but when you think about it, it's like, yeah, she was she was solid. She held her own. And this season on Girls Trip, it really feels like she's coming in with kind of no fucks to give in a way that, like I said, with the four kind of the like core four women of this cast, you just sort of know what you're gonna get in a way. And I think it's really telling that after these first three episodes, the majority of the story and the drama and the the conflict involves either Kelly or Kristen, or both of them. You know, Kristen and Dorinda are getting into it sort of on day one, and then Kelly and Dorinda are having their issues, and Kelly and Luann are arguing and you know everybody's asking questions about Kristen's marriage and the the Ashley Madison thing or Dolly Madison if you <laughs> if you're Sonia Morgan. <laughs> and then Kristen and Kelly are going at it like they are kind of the the tent poles of this season so far from a plot standpoint. And that is that is something that I think is really notable and I I'm enjoying Kelly and Kristen on this season and I, we'll talk more about it, but I think it's also notable when you look at the other four and you say um, maybe Dorinda aside. I think Dorinda is really you know getting in there, but Sonia and Luann and Ramona, they bring what they bring as personalities and as kind of these iconic figures. Like you couldn't really do this show without at least you know two out of the three of Sonia, Ramona, Luann but at the same time you couldn't do this show without a couple other people that are really going to take the ball and run with it and that's what i think is so great about kristen you know the she kind of got flack in the first couple episodes for being a viewer of the show for knowing about all these things that happened when she wasn't there and asking questions and and being a fan and i think that's something that that's it's come up on you know, various different Housewives shows of people being fans before they come on and sort of doing their research. And first of all, I don't have any problem with this. I think that Kristen did the smart thing of, you know, doing her homework, being ready for what she was going to encounter on this trip. But also, that allows allows the story to really be layered and not just rely on what happens in the moment. And that's the thing with these shows is that following around a bunch of women for a week when they're drinking and whatever in St. Bart's, it might be entertaining, but it's not really going to be interesting. And I think this was something on the Ex-Wives Club season when you had people like Brandy and Tamara on the show who watch Housewives and know Housewives and are really going to be able to sort of pinpoint, maybe with the help of production, but also they watch these shows, pinpoint kind of what are the the topics that make sense to bring up and are going to sort of move the ball forward, like I said. And so when, if it's just Sonia Ramona Luan, they're not going to have that kind of level of reflection or, you know, Sonia's not going to ask Ramona a a messy question about something that happened on the show whereas Kristen as somewhat of an outside perspective she's going to do that and I think the show is better for it. <laughs> and the way that the way that Kelly is really bothered by that I think is super interesting because at first you know she's bothered that she's a fan and then in episode 3 she's bothered that she's playing host and she you know she's like i want you, we you're like a friend on the trip you're not you're not like moderating the trip your your name's not andy cohen you're here along with the rest of us and i i get why it might be a little bit off putting to have someone in the group that seems like they're kind of coming with a list of questions but as a viewer it's like okay yeah that's what i want to talk about Seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day, and it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and Powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So really, I mean, out of these first three episodes, I think Kristen Takeman is kind of the MVP. And you know who's the LVP? And I don't mean the least of Vanderpump. I mean the least valuable player. It's Ramona. It's Ramona. And I, as much as I have my own personal thoughts and feelings about Ramona Singer as a, as a person and as a racist woman, just watching the show, Ramona, all she has to fall back on is her Ramona Singer playbook of she's going to be demanding, she's going to be Mad about something. She's going to be, you know, causing an issue. She's going to be flirting. She's going to be apologizing poorly. Like, it just feels like there are certain moments where watching Ramona do the Ramona thing is entertaining. And I'm not going to deny that just because I think she's a bad person. But when it comes down to it, she's not really giving us anything. She's doing what she always does. And to her credit, it's always worked for her before until now. And I think people have been talking about, is this the last time we're going to see Ramona on TV? Is this the last time Ramona's going to get an opportunity? And the thing is, the arc of history is long, but it I think it's the last time we're going to see Ramona on a Bravo Peacock show, at least for a long time. But she might get an opportunity somewhere else. You know, there's all of these mashup shows happening left and right. Who's to say she won't be on House of Villains or Special Forces or what the fuck? Welcome to Mars or Mission to Mars, whatever. I don't think Ramona is going to just fall into the ground and we're never going to see her again. But I think that this is probably the end of the run for her on the the housewives spectrum. And while I think that is partially the result of her, you know, making bad choices. Even aside from that, I just don't think she has that much more to, to show us. Whereas honestly, watching Kelly and Luann argue about Ranger games and watching, oh my God, the reaction when Sonia said that she is better, she said that Bethany's a good friend of hers. And she said that she talks to Bethany more than she talks to Luann. There was like a real anger there from Luann. And them kind of having to deal with that and the idea of Sonia Sonia having to like answer for not being a very present friend. That to me is really interesting. But we're not getting any of that from Ramona. I mean, Ramona's being vague about somebody she's dating. She's saying she's a third degree burn on her arm and she's wrapped this blue... Like, scarf around her arm the whole trip. (laughs) She can't get in the water. But it's like, I just objectively, out of the six of them, the one who's giving the least is Ramona. And I think, you know, that in and of itself would be enough for me to be like, yeah, we probably are good on her for a while. But especially when you couple it with the racism, it's like, right, okay, that's, let's move on. There are so many things we can do with housewives. There are so many things we can do with ultimate girls trip, even not necessarily just housewives. We definitely don't need Ramona 4.0 or whatever the fuck. One thing that I have been loving about this trip is the lack of glam. It to me is so refreshing that these women are just there. For a week, just they, themselves, and them. <laughs> they're not getting make their makeup done. They're not getting their hair done. Y- you can tell they're not getting their hair done. I mean, they. it's day three, and all of them have, like, saltwater hair in a way that is just so real, <laughs> so recognizable, and I love that when Ke- Kelly, Kelly walks into dinner and she says that her hair smells like an aardvark. <laughs> it's so stupid. But that is one thing that I think Rony Legacy kind of gives us that I'm not sure any other city or any other kind of variation of this format really could is that it feels like all of these women are on the same wavelength about yeah, we're just going on a girl's trip to this house for a week. And obviously they're getting paid to be there. And I actually thought it was super interesting. I think it was in episode two when the conversation came up about sort of who who needs the show or who needs to be there. And this was sort of a, a Kristen versus every, everyone else thing. That it's like, you know, Sonia acknowledges that she needs the money and that's why she wants to be on the show. But it doesn't really feel like the rest of them are there because they're like desperate to be housewives again. It's like a it's like an opportunity that they want to do, but it's it's interesting. The idea of the the housewives economy and kind of like what you what you get the opportunity to do versus what you are hustling for watching them make cameos just never gets old. <laughs> Talking about the pr- the pricing of the cameos that Sonia always keeps hers at ninety nine dollars, so that I guess if you're searching on Cameo for like under a hundred, she always is going to come up. Luann sets hers at one twenty five. Ramona, I-, I guess, is not on Cameo, but she's asking about it and she wants she doesn't want to have to do that many. I feel like Sonia and Luann are very prolific on cameo and I have to imagine that they make really good money from that. But no, I just I think this show just has been a lot more actively entertaining than I was expecting it to be. And I think that the the arguments feel real. I mean Kelly's energy certainly is (laughs) is chaotic. I'm excited to unpack that more as the season goes on. I think you know, Kristen sort of coming back into the fray and feeling like she has to defend her her marriage and all of that. I think that's really interesting. I think you know, Dorinda kind of seeming like she maybe hasn't changed much. <laughs> I don't know. It's there's a lot going on and I, I I am I'm pleasantly surprised by this season and I'm I'm excited to watch the rest of it. Uh we'll definitely have more to talk about it over the next few weeks um i don't know exactly how many episodes there are but i'm looking forward to it and i i'm looking forward to everything else to come uh so please make sure that you are following subscribe to the show wherever you listen so you don't miss anything over the next couple weeks uh but thank you so much for listening and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool
1: Batches.